So let's shift a little bit because the new moon is happening in two days. I think this is maybe the cause of my crazy dream last night. And episode two was our big dream episode where we talked about the dreams and kind of the mind and how it works behind that. But last night I had a crazy dream. Are you ready for it? Yes, please. So it, I cannot tell you the timeline because, you know, dreams are crazy. But at sometime in this dream, my boss, the one who fired me, was um, talking to me. And I had to go into the office for some reason, the warehouse. I don't remember why. I don't know why. But I went in there and two of the girls who used to work there, basically the girls I hung out with the most were gone. And the boss was like, I, oh, I remember why. I was going in for paperwork or like something weird and I needed her to sign it and she wasn't there. And so I was like talking to the other people and there was a bunch of new hosts. And I was like, who are these people? Anyway, so the boss eventually came in. She was like, I want to hire you back. And I was like, um, okay, well, I need to go home and get some paperwork. And so I went home to get paperwork, but it was like taking a really long time because my mother showed up out of nowhere. And right now my mom have a very strenuous relationship. She um, has crossed boundaries a number of times. And I think any mental health professional would agree with me. The course of action after someone keeps crossing boundaries is you have to like cut off communication. Basically, if they're not going to respect or this is my therapist's advice to me. So this is what I'm doing is if someone cuts off um, or if someone is crossing my boundaries repeatedly, you know, and you've spoken with them and you've communicated to them and they're still doing it, what do you do? You have to have respect for yourself and just basically say, listen, I can't do this anymore. So that's what I did. I don't really talk to my mom. I don't have a communication with her. And so in my dream last night, she showed up and it was like, oh my gosh, I just had a light bulb. It was, um, she showed up when I was trying to get that paperwork back to my boss. So like about my job, that's weird, right? Like she's getting in the way of something. Okay, weird. So there was that. And so I was like really stressing about that. And so I had to get back and I barely made it back. And the boss was um, kind of like a little bit angry with me, but I gave her the paperwork and then I was like working and stuff. And then at some point it shifted and I was like walking through this big building and I've had this same building in multiple dreams before. And it's like it's supposed to be UVU sometimes, but it's not UVU. There's like glass windows like the classroom building at UVU. I guess it's called the Clark building now. Being really detailed. <laughs> Is that good or not? I don't know. People don't always like dream this way. So I feel like maybe I'm being too detailed. No, that's, I mean, that's what happens with dreams. I mean, when, usually mine are very detailed. Yeah, Lately, very, they haven't and, been. Yeah, and we're vivid and lucid dreamers. So um, anyway, so I was in UVU and I was like walking and I had like a clipboard. Oh my gosh, through all of this, I've had paperwork. That is so interesting. Okay, so I was walking through and I had paperwork like this and I was like walking and I saw my brother my oldest brother and my dad talking to like a group of people and they were all like wearing like business suits except for my dad he was wearing like a lab coat and they were like all talking and then my brother and my dad recognized me and then my brother like was like hey like how you doing like he acknowledged me but he was still like in a business meeting and so he like led the business people away and we were like hey cool like that was a good you know, body language communication. 
in my dream. And then so I was like walking down the hallway with my clipboard and my dad was like walking with someone else and he like pretended he didn't know me. Totally pretend he didn't know me, like didn't say anything. And then he came over to me, like ended his conversation with this other person. And he came over to me and I like had my clipboard. And he was like, so what are you doing here to see me? And I remember because he put his hand on his hip in my dream. And that's something he does totally. And he, he put his hand on his hip and he's like, what are you doing here? Or why are you waiting to see me? And I was like, I'm not here to see you. Snap, like with Sam. I was like, I'm not here to see you. And he was like, well, what are you here for? And I was like, I have two jobs. Wow, that's really weird. There's like a lot of symbolism happening in this dream. Um, I was like, I have two jobs. And one of them was there. I don't know. And then it like transferred to I was back at the warehouse. Oh, no. Oh, my gosh. Something else happened. I was like getting ready at my apartment. Yes, I remember. I was getting ready for my first day, like back at the job. And I was in my apartment and I was opening my like bathroom medicine cabinet and then I was getting a phone call. And so I was like, oh, my God, it could be the people who are going to give me a thousand dollars. And so I was like, I have to answer this. And it was a three, eight, five number in my dream, which is Utah area code. And so I was like, OK. And then I like opened it up in my dream and then I woke up. <laughs> <laughs> How crazy is that? It was just so crazy. And it had like symbolism from my mom and my dad. I'm not sure what like my brother was about. But then there's like paperwork throughout that whole thing. And my dreams talk to me. My dreams tell me things that I learn from my dreams. Like I think episode two is when we discussed um, the dream about the snake. And I always say snake weird. I don't know why. But um, yeah, so it's just like it was a super crazy dream last night. I'm, I'm not as intuitive you as you on that because I don't know how to tie it to anything except for. I mean, you, you see paperwork, you see barriers, but I also see people that may have been a barrier but are still wanting to help you oh okay they're, they're still there to help you but they just might not know how like your, your your dad wearing a lab coat that's not like him so he's just showing himself as who he isn't but he wants to be somebody that's a figure that you that you respect not not respect in a Trust, bad way right but oh my god also a doctor he, yeah he's a medical or he was wearing the lab coat and then like one thing that basically I had to be perfect at in high school was anatomy because of him. Do you remember one time I was studying after and he came in and he was wearing that black coat? Do you remember this? I totally remember that. Yes. He had and gloves I, on too. Um, We were sitting there and you were like, you you were joking. You're like, so what, what, what would I, what would you do? If I said your dad was behind you right now and I was like, <laughs> no, you know, like, why would my dad be here? And then you're like, really? And I was freaking terrified. Do you remember? Yes. And I turn around and he was there because I had gotten the answer wrong like two seconds before. And I was like, oh, my God, he heard me get that answer wrong. So I was like terrified. And then you asked him that any question and he got it wrong. And I knew it immediately. Do you remember? And I was like boom because he was like oh it's a blah 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 like he was so cocky especially after i had just gotten something wrong and then i was like no actually and then you were like good job i just remembered that right now but that was a connection so it's very interesting that you pointed out he was wearing a lab coat but like why was my brother in my dream well also i was saying like these are people i've like people who were trying to stop me like i think you used the word barriers 
but I went through them anyway. Like my, in my dream, my mom was trying to hold me back from going to work. And I was like, no, I got to go. And then my dad was like, why are you here to see me? And I was like, bitch, I'm not here to see you. You know, I was like, whatever. Yeah, no, I, I think there's, I mean, there, there going to be more Very than one interesting. thing. But I think if you sit back, because you have such, uh, such a vivid memory of it, if you, if you sit back and just, again, I think what happens with me is I tie the dream to everything going on and there's got to be, be a reason. But it's instead of instead of tying the dream to stuff, all of a sudden sit back and see what was your body releasing through the dream. Right. The and dream means nothing, but it's your body saying, I need to release this. Yes. And also because of the new moon and new moon is all about releasing. And so I was thinking because my boss who fired me was in there, I need to release that. And then the crap with my mom, I kind of just feel sometimes guilty. You know, she's my mom. It's hard to cut off a relationship with her, especially around the holidays. Because I always have like cooking or baking questions and I always will call my mom. They're like, mom, how long do I put the roast in for? Mom, what do I do with this London broil? You know, blah, 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 blah. And she'd say, do this, try this, cook with this. So that was really hard. And this was the first holiday season that we couldn't really do anything. Like Duke and I were in our own apartment and then COVID and we do a Christmas, um, the Danish Christmas Eve every year with like the extended family. Couldn't do it. You know, so it was like really different holiday season. And so maybe that's I like I need to let go of my mom. Like it's she was a barrier and I need to just kind of move forward past her. And I kind of saying with my dad, maybe it's okay that he's still trying to help, but I don't necessarily have to like be there. You know, because in my dream I was like, No, I'm not here to see you. So I can, can I can continue to kind of be like, No, don't need you, just do my own thing. But maybe it's a sign that he's I don't know. I don't know. Well, no, like, yeah, you can, you can read tons, tons into, into it. Yeah. But I, I think it, I think it really goes back to what am I trying to shed and release? And then I, I think the other thing is, as being a father of, you know, my baby's what, 22 years old, by the way, the intro music was done by Noah Helvey. Yes. Shout music. out. Don't you guys love it? It is so good. We love it. And, uh, we don't know what the, our parents went through. I mean, your dad's probably close to my age. Yeah, he's a little bit older than you. He was 60, 1960, and you're like 65? 64. 64? Yeah, and so, I mean, my parents were born in 1938, 1940. And looking at everything that's going on right now, we were all taught so differently. Yeah. And we have to find a way to help the people around us to just calm down a little bit, see this side. Don't agree. Mm -hmm. Just see this side. Maybe understand where I'm coming from and then accept me for who I am. But the, it's hard. I know she's shaking her head. He can't do that. I know. I know. <laughs> yeah, he can't do that. He's too set in his ways. He's too, I mean, we don't have to talk about that. But but, 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 but that's, again, the reason why. I mean, we're, I am with you weekly. I'm with Courtney and Jess weekly, and they're just a little bit younger than you. And then I've got Tossie. He's just, you know, about 10 years younger than me. And then there's Twyla and I, and we're all trying to figure out how to make this work within our, you know, 30 year gap of age. And guess what? It works. And we don't always agree. Yeah. And, and we always, we don't always find happiness in everything that each other does, but there's one thing that's more important to us and that's our relationship. It doesn't mean that there won't be strains on the relationship Oh yeah, because that happens all the time, but it doesn't mean that we have to accept the other person. Cause I think about what that dream and stuff, and I don't care if it's your dad or an ex-boyfriend or some dude down the street, 
if somebody's trying to stop you, you have to get them out of the way. And if somebody's trying to help you, you have to find a way that you can live with that person so it doesn't damage you. But until then, you might have to cut them off. And guess what? My therapist says the same thing. It doesn't matter how close somebody is to you in your life. If it's harming you, Mm -hmm. it might need to stop for a little bit. And then you can try again. And if the water's still cold, boundaries, hard thing for me, finding boundaries. I think boundaries are a lot easier for me now. And my sister on the the other day was like, I wish I could set boundaries like you. And I was like, thank you, you know, because I had no boundaries a few years ago. And, you know, I've done a lot of therapy, a lot of CBT, reframing my thought process and, you know, releasing and just forgiving myself for things that, you know, you do in survival mode or, you know, things you say in survival mode. There's a lot of things that go into learning how to set boundaries and keep boundaries. I think those are two different things. I could set boundaries, but then keeping them was really hard for a long time. I would just let people keep breaking them because I would bend them, you know? So I wouldn't say they broke them. I would just kind of bend the boundary. But now it's like, no, if you break the boundary, you broke the boundary. Like there's consequences just for like a little kid. If you break the rules at school or daycare, there's a consequence. You're not an all or nothing thinker though, right? You can oh, live in the gray. Not. No, there's a gray area and everything. So, so when somebody does break the boundary is that a cutoff for them or is it just it depends like what kind of boundary what's the past what's our relationship what has happened what was the boundary you know like if one silly thing happened and you're like you know what i can't deal with you anymore goodbye then you are just using that you're just using boundaries as an excuse to cut people out or to push people away you know you have to learn how to set appropriate boundaries. You're not going to cut someone out because they gave you constructive criticism or because they're calling attention to, I don't know, anything. Yeah, calling, yeah, to your shit. They're calling attention to your shit because they love and care about you and then you use that as an excuse to cut them off. That's that's not, you, you wouldn't do that if you're setting healthy boundaries. So that's good. I understand that and that helps me too because you're saying that boundaries shouldn't be used as weapons. What? No, no, they're not a weapon. They're absolutely not a weapon. They're a shield to, I wouldn't say a shield. They're more just really like a barrier, an invisible. I kind of just imagine them as like an invisible wall because people can get through my invisible wall when I let them. But if they are doing something that um, hurts me, it hurts my mental health, it goes against my core values as a person, then that invisible wall goes up a little bit and it you know, I treat them or I look at them a little bit differently based on that invisible wall. Does that make sense? Oh yeah. Yeah. And that helps too, because I'm a, I'm a black and white thinker. I, I'm trying to learn to live in the gray, but by you saying that too, it's like, oh my gosh, that I understand why I have a hard time setting boundaries because it becomes an all or nothing thing. Yes. And it doesn't have to be, there can be a door in one of my walls, but there could be no door in another wall. The door right. can open and close or go up and down, but the door can, the boundary can change. Yes. It doesn't need to be static yes it's very flexible that's kind i kind of this is like a silly example um but if you have seen breaking dawn part two (laughs) um bella has her like little defensive power where um she can like project it onto other people i kind of imagine that kind of same thing in my mind but i just have like you know my little boundary barrier and i can like mold it and let people in and if people are crossing that boundary or 
you know, being uncomfortable or being inappropriate, then that barrier gets stronger or thicker or taller, whatever metaphor you want to go with. No, that's good. Because the other thing too, you, you said, um, forgive yourself. You need to yeah. learn to forgive yourself. What's the difference between forgiving yourself and having compassion for yourself? Is there a difference? I mean, yeah, they mean two different things. I think you can have compassion. Okay, so here's a very deep example, trigger warning. I have compassion for my molester and I have forgiven them, but I had compassion for them a long time before I forgave them. Does that make sense? Yes. Because I, it's under my assumption that they were abused as well. So as an empath, I had compassion for them because I understand that sometimes abusers abuse or abusers or, or abused people, victims break the cycle. And I was one who broke the cycle. It's my assumption that this person didn't. Um, I had, so I had compassion for them. It took me a long time, years to forgive them for the experiences that happened. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think they're totally different things. Like if you look up in the dictionary, they may be synonyms, but they're two different things. How are you with compassion with yourself? Um, I have more compassion for myself now than I did six months ago or so a year ago. give yourself ago. a grade today, A through F. A plus always. <laughs> I think I'm never going to give myself a bad score. I'm never going to give myself a negative score because um, the scale is different than it was six months ago. The scale is different than it was a year ago. So I can't grade myself on a scale that doesn't exist. And, and see, now I like that too. And, and again, a lot of the stuff I'm asking questions, not because I... I know I'm yeah. asking questions because, and that helps too, because grading, I hated grades in school. I don't like Terrified. grades. Everybody gets Terrified an A. I gave, I gave A's. I mean, after you left, I even changed more where nobody got under a 90. Cause if they just, cause if I have to do my work for school and get ready for school, they have to do the work too. I don't give homework and I don't give tough things and I let them have choices too. And if they didn't pass what needed to be done, like when I'm doing a job, if I didn't do it right, I got to go back and fix it. Yeah. They had to go back and fix it. So they always got an A because they always had to go back and fix it. Guess what they stopped doing? Going back and fixing it? Shitty work. Oh. Because they didn't want to go say, back and fix merit, it. After they, I thought you meant, um, what did they quit doing after you? Oh, no. That's, uh, yeah. No, the kids, the kids really understood, too, what was they, going on. Well, yeah. And you, I personally, when I was in your class and we started doing that, I learned from my mistakes. And it was easier to draw connections when I could go back and look over my work and see where the mistakes had been made. And then it was like, oh, well, I know why I made that mistake because I accident I made this connection here. But I really knew that it was this. And it's like a lot of the time, if you just have the chance to look back over it or discuss it, you, you know, you just you make those different connections or your brain's like, no, hey, wait. And then like you already knew the right answer. That was my case is a lot of the information was already in my brain. I just had a hard time with the stupid freaking questions on the test because they were always tricky questions. You know, they're trying to trick you and make you think it's the endocrine system when it was this system or it was, you know, whatever, when it was actually whatever. And when you have the chance to kind of just explain your knowledge with an outline, then the teacher really knows what you know. And if he gets, for example, like if you got back a bunch of tests and half of us had no idea what was going on in the reproductive system, that's your fault, not ours, because, you know, we weren't taught that way. And if, if it is enough people to, you know, make the notice that people didn't understand, then the teacher needs to be doing something different, which you always did. And we always learned 
so much in that class. And it was a good, good class, fun class. Why that day that your father walked in, what were you and I doing at the time? We were studying. We were just like talking. I think we were just like questioning. And I think you were asking and then I was explaining. Like, you're like, tell me about this. And then I would just tell you what I know about it. You were getting ready for the test. Yes. The test. And that's I what think you do. You come day. in the night before. Yeah. Always come in the night before. And we'd go over it. And then I'd always give you guys like 30 words mm-hmm. and you had to use them in a sentence. But anyway, and, and the idea was, is for you to tell me everything, you know, not for me to trick you for what I know. And it was so wonderful to read what you kids wrote. And it was so much fun those nights before the test. It's always like, it's the night before the test. Hannah's going to be here after school. We're going to get to discuss this stuff. And guess what? I got to check my understanding and you got to call me out. And the other thing too, is if you got it wrong, what was the other thing the next day? If I docked you any points, what was the other rule? Um, if we were able to prove that like you docked us for something that we got right, then we got the points back. Yeah. Yeah. You were oh, always allowed to fight for your points or, yeah, or remember, prove your point. Yeah. Like one time, um, I think it was we won't say names, but one of the other students um, was like, why did I get this wrong? You wrote something so similar. And so we took it to you and you were like, oh, yeah, you know what? That does make sense. But it, like you're when you're reading how many papers or topics you start, you know, they don't they don't always make sense. But they start just running past you because you're so focused on getting it done, you know, just like with any task. And it was like, oh, OK, sure. Yeah, here's your points. You're right. You did get that right. Well, and your test was the night before anyway, because I'm watching you do it. I yeah. knew that the next day I was like, just calm down. You've got it. You're going to get an A anyway. And, and so that's that's the important thing, too. And and it, it's funny looking back and the way my therapist is always saying, you treated the kids this way, you did this way, but you'll never treat yourself that way. That's why I asked you about the compassions, because I'm not really good with it. And I was going to give myself a grade. But this goes back to weight numbers, too. There's no reason to give a grade. But I'll, I'll tell you one thing. I'm not going to grade myself because I like what you said. But I'll tell you what, I'm in a, a better trajectory of being more compassionate towards myself and more understanding for it. I, I just totally love what you said about the um, boundary. That helps a ton. And I'm hoping that people out there, there's somebody out there that, that's struggling with something like that about making boundaries and need to realize it doesn't have to be a black and white thing, even if you're a black and white thinker. Sit back, think, dream a little, see what your body needs to release, and figure out where your boundary is. And guess what? You're allowed to move the goalpost on this. Yep, they can change. You can mold them. They are flexible. You can bend them for the situation for people. It's not all or nothing. It's not a cookie cutter. Boundaries are the same across the board. Based on your relationship with people or who they are in your life, your boundaries are gonna they're going to be different. And that's okay. Yeah. We got a week. What are you looking forward to this next week? What's what's up for for Hannah? I have no idea. I just take things like one day at a time, like earlier. You can't, if I look at the whole picture, I get so stressed and I am a recovering futurizer. (laughs) I am a futurizer. I like to futurize and worry and a lot of anxiety comes from that. So I try not to think of like the week ahead. I kind of just take one, like I know what needs to be done and I know my time limit for that. And that's like (laughs) where I leave it. That's great. Words of wisdom. Again, that's something that helps me. You know, I'm, I'm looking at the week and thinking about what's going on. But, you know, there's things I want to do today. I want to do some stuff. And I think I'm going to focus on today. Yeah, love it. Let's focus on today. And we will see you next week. Be happy. Be happy.